Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I'm going to go ahead and pre-warn you. I'm going to go ahead and pre-warn you. My blood level, my blood pressure, the boil thereof, skyrocketed it, okay? Breaking the thermometer, okay? That's what I'm feeling at this moment. Was getting ready to make my way downtown to get my nails done. But I wanted to peruse the interwebs. So, you know, getting my last little bit of Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi, before I go into the universe. I want to see what's up. Hey, how y'all doing? And came across this video on Facebook that absolutely, positively, almost made my deodorant spoil. Keisha Cole, talk show, late night show. I don't know what you want to call it. I ain't doing all, all my background work. I'm not even going to hold you. I literally saw this video 30 seconds ago, felt in reaction, picked up my phone and was biting my nails until you answered because at this point, this is ridiculous. <sighs> okay, so the guest on this particular show is Tammy Roman. You may know her from the real world, one of the first few episodes, and then basketball-wise with Shawnee, yeah, the one with the pretty eyes and a little bit of you know, glamour, but with a little bit of ghetto flair. You, you know, she's everybody's auntie somewhere in the universe, I'm more than certain. This young woman asked the question, and as a matter of fact, how I feel is I don't even want to paraphrase this one. Like, I pulled it up so that I can play it. Hopefully you can hear it, and then we're going to go ahead and discuss it from there. But real talk, please hold, because I can't. Let me just press play. Let you hear it. I'll come back. Sure, but um, I just have some questions about mother-daughter relationships because mm. me and my mom's relationship has been terrible since really? I was born and like I'm 23 now and we don't even talk so it's oh, literally cool. crazy like if you have any well what what's been the problem why aren't you guys talking it's just a personal thing with me like she just has this anger and wrath towards me and like my siblings will never see that side of her like she's never been abusive to them mm -hmm. but like to me like physical mental verbally mm -hmm. like it's just like how was her relationship with your father do you guys all have the same father <laughs> no so her and my dad were together, I guess, up until, like, I was five, and then they split up. They were abusive to each other. And that's why. Because yeah. Because when, when she looks out at you, you remind her of a very trying and uneasy time in her life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And until she comes clear with either forgiving or moving past that dynamic that, that, and the effect that it had on yeah. her, She's always going to have some form of resentment with you. But what I want to say to you and encourage you to do is I hear you saying we don't even talk. You know, we're not cool in any way, shape or form. Please make an effort to patch up everything and mend fences with your mom. The reason I say that is because my mom and I were best friends, right? Different dynamic. But when she got sick with cancer, I was very mean to my mother because I was witnessing a woman who I saw be so strong all of a sudden couldn't handle anything. And I didn't know how to deal with that. And I was on my way to do another show and they put her on life support. Mm. And I was the person who had to take my mother off of life support not being able to say, hey, mom, I love you. I'm sorry for the things I did. And now she's no longer here, and I deal with that every day. Mm -hmm. So for you, if your mom is not in a space where she's, 
I'm going to use this word, which may not be right, mature enough. She's exactly. Okay. Exactly. To have a relationship with her daughter, then you have to take on that mm. weight and yeah. keep trying and keep trying until yeah. it gets better. I felt like you don't want her to not be here. Exactly. No matter how mean she is, no matter what, that's still your mama. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. if she weren't here, you would, um, a, a part of you would be lost. Let me, okay, my heart right now, the poundage thereof, because there's so much in there that I need to unpack. Let me explain something to you. This hit me in more ways than one because I was that child. I was the child who had a toxic relationship with my mother who, matter of fact, I was the blend of the two. Toxic relationship with my mother, extremely abusive, emotionally, physically, verbally, what have you, did not see that same treatment translated to my other two siblings that were in the home. Mother then went ahead later on in my life. She fell ill to cancer, and that was one of the ultimate leads to her untimely death on my birthday. Mother and I always had an extremely toxic relationship. So here's my angst towards this whole thing. The Bible says to be very careful on who you seek counsel from. Yes, seek wisdom, but be careful on where you seek that from. I think that Tammy, although probably was well-intended, I don't think that there was a malice of any sort, but I do believe that there was a transference of, let me tell you what I wish somebody would have told me if I had another chance to do it. And I think that in some circumstances, that's the wrong place to go. That is the wrong place to pull from your educational pull of how to go ahead and lead someone else in a very sensitive area in their lives. Now, when I was younger, my stepdad came into my life when I was about 12. He's known my mom since high school. They, she was the cheerleader. He was a football player. They went to the same high school. So they had history. But I did not know of this man until about 11, 12 years old. So when he came into my life, he missed about 12, a decade and two years, okay? He comes into my life and he sees this dynamic between my mother and I once he was living in the home and they were married. And I remember distinctively him saying to me at one point, you know, that's your mother. You should love your mother no matter what she does. And I remember as a preteen looking back at him and saying, I don't have the mother you had. I don't have the mother that you had as a teenager, and I don't have the mother that you have now. My stepdad was, I'm talking about a goon. You, you ever had a child walk around and felt like, you better not put your hands on me, you better not say nothing crazy because my big brother, he beat you up? That's how I felt about my stepdad. Like, I was, I was fearless around him. I knew that I was very well protected because, like I said, he was a goon. But I seen this goon, and many a times break down in full-blown tears because of something that his mother either did or the way that she touched his heart. Like he loved fried chicken, so if she was, she was a caterer, so when his mother fried a pan of chicken, he was just like, I love my mommy. And, I mean, I literally, I've never seen him ungoonified 
until it was something pertaining to his mother. I actually literally heard him say that he would kill when it came to his mother. And I'm thinking that the majority of people probably did feel that way growing up in the 50s and the 60s and what have you. But for me to be emotionally clear enough to look him in the eyes and say, but I don't have your mother, was my immature preteen way of saying, you didn't have my experience. And also, sir, you haven't been here for a decade and two years. But I wasn't able to articulate all that. Because even when I was trying to explain it, he was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, it, it was so difficult for him to fathom. There's a disconnect between you and your mother? Yes, sir. You know, unbeknownst to you, things have been going on. <laughs> Some of it's going over my head, too. But clearly, as you see how she's treating me, how she's treating the other two, it's not the same, right? So, yes, there is a disconnect. The weird part was, as I grew up, I was closer to my stepdad because I felt more loved by him. He was more understanding. He was more patient. And there was nothing for him to feel some type of way, you know, look look at me like, uh, or anything like that. Now, I gave him a very hard time in the beginning, a very difficult time. But it was because when you have a single mother who is dating, especially back in the day, this may not be for for most, but this was my experience. I entered that dating experience with her. So every breakup was then my breakup. So I had to go through not only where's such and such, it was now she's acting funny and withdrawn because she got to go through a heartbreak. I realized that now, but as a child, I was just like, man, why, why am I feeling like I want to cry and all that? I never, why am I feeling all this and I haven't even kissed anyone yet? Like, this is ridiculous. And to then have it where... I had this tumultuous relationship with my mother. I saw that there was a clear indication of unfair treatment amongst my, my siblings. And to then, because I'm the eldest, and my brother at that time had passed, and so it was just myself and my 10-year-old sister, pretty much looking in the eyes of a woman who was failing, her, her health was failing, and I had to be the one to step up. I had to be the one that as I'm wiping her mouth and literally taking her to the restroom in the hospital prior to her going to hospice, I she could not sit up on the toilet by herself. She had to lean over and hold on to me. So I'm holding my nose because she's doing number two and she's grown. And so she's eating grown people food. So it smells way worse than what it probably did when it was in my pamper. And all through that experience, I just kept thinking, what if I treated you the way that you treated me? And the time that you needed me most, and the time that you need me right now, what if I would have treated you in the times that you treated me in my informative years? And so this little clip here irritates me more than ever because you cannot, Tammy Roman, or anyone else like my stepdad, give advice when you never experience the pain that someone else is asking you. That's like someone saying, hey, how do I get over being sexually violated? And someone who is married to their first love and they lost their virginity, you can't dare give advice from that place. 
And it's okay to go ahead and back away from certain things and not try to just go ahead and just cloth someone with something that sounds good. It's okay to pull from, you know what, didn't have that experience, couldn't fathom because my circumstance was way different. But here's something I think that may do some good, but I don't want you to take me at face value. I want you to go home, take this, take it to God, and kind of see what part of this should I be applying. Because you cannot advise someone on how to heal from something that you were never abused with. You cannot tell someone how to heal a wound that you never received. You cannot do that. You have to either have two ways to do that. Either you have firsthand experience or you have firsthand education. And I really don't like the latter because book smart is never going to lead to life smart, in my opinion. Book smart and street smart is completely different. Street smart and life smart is completely different. Yeah, you know how to move in these streets, but do you know how to move through the corporate building? You understand? That's life smart. Yeah, you know how to go ahead and, you know, bag a chick and do this, that, and the third, but do you know how to be a daddy? That's life smart. So I'm infuriated because I looked at that young woman. She looks about 23. My mother passed when I was 26. And so I'm thinking to myself, what if somebody would have gave me that advice? But not that I hear myself saying it, someone did. When I called my pastor up at the time to let him know that they're moving her to hospice, he told me, go up to the hospital, let her know that you forgive her for everything that she's ever done. And he gave me this, you know, a little bit of a snippet of some things that I should have said to her. And so I went up there and I promised you when I was sitting in the chair looking at her getting ready to say something, I felt like I was getting teeth extracted with no Novocaine. It was the most painful thing ever. You know why? Because it wasn't my truth. It was not my truth. My truth was I did not forgive her for what she did. I did not feel this, oh, okay, you know, your health is failing. Let's just go ahead and kumbaya. No, I had a lot of unanswered questions. I had a lot of whys that I wanted to know. That did not go ahead and dissipate because you slapped on a few coats of forgive her real quick. That wasn't my truth. What I would have liked for him or anyone in that position to do so that that should have known me well enough or either had taken the time to say, okay, since we know that the doctors are saying something, God can do what he wants, but because the doctors are seeing an end closer to what we would desire, I want you to fast forward to that point and tell me what would give you the ultimate healing. Do you need to say something to her that you never said? Do you need to ask her a question that you never asked? What would give you your ultimate healing? And then from whatever I would have said, navigate me through the best way to articulate that and give me a different perspective and help me to culture up what I would have said in a way that would have been healing to me and not too overbearingly heavy for her. Because, yeah, I have a few things I want to get off my chest, but is this, the, is this really the best time to go ahead and do so with you on your deathbed? I mean, seriously, and not you, rebuke it in the name of Jesus, but with her on her deathbed. So looking at that young woman, I would have done exactly that. 
I would have said, okay, you guys don't talk. We know what the current state is, right? We know what's going on right now, this moment. But let's say that you knew within the next six months that she was going to pass. How would you feel? Would you be more emotionally hurt because she passed? Or would you feel more crushed because you felt like you never had the mother that you desired? Because that's a real question that Tammy didn't even explore because she didn't have that option. And I probably would have had a little bit of an advantage because I had the experience. I was angry when my mother passed. Angry. How dare she? Number one, she died on my birthday. Great overbearing and just it irritated me now I got to remember you on it you trying to ruin a day that meant something to me because anyone who knows me knew that my birthday meant the world to me means the world to me now my birthday I feel like I'm the kindergarten I want everybody to call me sing happy birthday I need all the giggles all the birthday cards I need all of the acknowledgement because it is my birthday okay holiday don't know why it's not on a government listing for your uh, official day off but we'll get to that later but I was crushed that I had to bury not my mother the desire that I for me to I wanted a mother my desire for a mother, that's what I buried. I didn't bury, oh, I forgive you. I, didn't, I was angry. I felt like 26 years of my life was stolen in the realm of nurturing. I felt like she gave, you know, like I said before in a few other conversations, she gave me what I needed, clearly, because God gave me some tools. I had to learn how to navigate through this thing called life with the parents that he gave me. But it bothers me that people tend to force you down this road of toxic relationships without even taking a proper assessment of how that is affecting you. When Jesus was on the cross on Calvary and someone came up to him and said, hey, your mother is out there. Jesus looked back at the person and said, who is my mother? Who is my mother? And looked around the crowd and said, you are my, my brother and my sister. And then looked at John and was like, from now on, she's your mother. So you go handle that. Which to me translates to, you don't get to pin a title onto me if I no, can no longer fulfill that role. Because Jesus knew what was getting ready to happen as he's nailed to that cross, right? He knew, listen, don't put nothing on, on, on my heart that I can't take on and I can't do nothing about right now. Yes, she's my mother, but I can't do anything about that right now. The circumstances that I'm facing, I can't go, what, what you want me to do? Say, hey, can y'all unnail me real quick so I can go, you know, nurture and uh, coddle my mother real quick? No, I'm not going to do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put someone else in the place I can go ahead and handle that because right now I can't do that. And that 
wasn't even a toxic relationship. We can just only assume because the Bible doesn't illustrate what went on between Mary and Jesus. But she had to be super close to him to follow him all throughout the end. So she knew her baby all 30 years. She followed him to the end of the earth, literally. So I can only assume that that relationship was where it needed to be, was positive, was healthy, and was where a, a mother and, and son relationship should have been. But it pains me that when something is toxic, the first thing that we do is we look at the title and then we tell the person who is being abused what you have to do. Excuse me? The only thing that I have to do, according to the Bible, pertaining to mother and father, it says, um, honor thy mother and thy father so that days can be long and you will be successful in the land. And that's me paraphrasing. But it is honor, not forcing on a relationship that you no longer serve in a healthy way. It's not serving you. You're not serving it. It's toxic. And as a matter of fact, if you're honest, the time that it is most healing for you is when there's silence. The only part of you that echoes like, man, this is, this is not normal, is when you start seeing society things. Like you see Somebody may be going shopping with their mom and you're like, wow, I don't even have that. Or you see someone wishing their mother the, the most beautiful happy birthday. Or you, just, you see other people's dynamic. It makes you look at your dynamic and then that's when you realize something is wrong. But if you never had anyone else model out what that looked like, guess what? That will be your norm. And so according to the cards that was dealt to you in this thing called life, ma'am, I'm referring to the young lady who asked the question. No one else can tell you how to play this hand but God. No one else cannot tell you. You need to actually go to God and say, God, do I need to do like what them boys did when you told them in the Bible that if people don't accept them to go ahead and dust their feet and then keep it moving? Uh, or do I need to get a clear indication of how I should honor my mother in this space that I'm in with the cards that I have been dealt? Does honor just look like don't bad mouth her? Don't do anything that looks like I will bring dishonor to her name or to her legacy or anything to that degree because I want to be healed now. It should not take a life or death situation for me to look at anyone's title and say, okay, let me go ahead and take the burden of doing all the things that you did not do so that it's at least better for you or possibly me at your end. That's not fair. That's not fair. And to be honest with you, that's not everyone's wish. Everyone's wish is not, let me fast forward through all the things you didn't do for me and let me go ahead and just kind of conjure up something real quick that's phony so that just in case something happens, I can at least say I did my part. That's not everyone's wish. Maybe she had a question that she really just wanted to ask. Maybe she's like, can I just ask you something? Did my father hurt you that bad? Like, what did he do? So that if nothing at all, I can stray away from meeting that kind of man in my future, from procreating with that kind of man in my future, and possibly transfer on this same emotional negative imbalance to my future children. Can you show me the ropes of your hurt so I don't pass this on? It's the wisest thing that she could have possibly done. Because I had that. My mother used to look at me and go, oh, you smell like him. Oh, you just, you don't get that from me. You must get that from him. 
And you keep referring to a him that I don't know. I don't know him. But I'm definitely partaking in the pain he caused you. So you know what that's making me do? You're actually making me hate a part of me. And I have to fight through the lens that you see me through to understand that I'm not him. Without ever having met him. You know how unfair that is? That is such a layered hurt. You have to mourn the fact that you never had the mother that you wanted to have. You have to mourn the fact that you never had the parental unit you wanted to have. You have to mourn the fact that you got indifferent treatment from your other relatives or siblings. You have to mourn the fact that, you know what, the pain of this man who I may or may not be close to hurt you that bad that I got to live with this scar for the rest of my life. That the scar he gave you, I got to live with that for the rest of my life. It pains me to see that people go to extreme measures to get answers that only God can give them. It pains me. This woman went all the way on a Keisha Cole talk show to ask a celebrity that she's never even broken bread with to say, hey, how do I handle this? And I'm only asking you because I know you have daughters. Yeah, but you never had that daughter-mother relationship that she possibly has with her, her child. And it took Tammy all of five minutes to realize she was going well. She was going well when she realized initially, what's the relationship with your father and your mother? Mm, yeah, that's where that came from. Because that was pretty much what I sensed off back. I'm like, yep, she's transferring. She's a, she's projecting what she feels on the father onto the child. Absolutely. Tammy, sp- spot on. Hand clap of praise. You did that right. But then when you went into the emotional depths of your incompleted state, Tammy, you had no right to tell that woman how to go ahead and finish the work that you didn't do. That is such a dangerous place. Be careful on who you seek wisdom and counsel from. Please Be careful. And I know that sometimes pain can feel so heavy that you get to a desperate place where you'll ask a janitor, you'll ask anybody who has an ear, can you help me navigate through this pain? But if you just go back to the creator, the one who created your heart, he'll tell you exactly how to go back mending it. He'll show you exactly what to do. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. If the shadow of death for you is something that you are mourning with a relationship that has been incomplete with a relative, with a spouse, with a parent, with a whomever God will tell you how to go ahead and mend that through but don't you dare go to people who had incompleted portions of your life she had a five to ten second snapshot of what this woman's life was and gave her a life tool on how she should go ahead and handle a matter and what she actually did was transfer over a burden a burden of you need to go ahead and do this and keep doing this and keep doing this no my mother does not get a toxic past because she never healed from someone who hurt her and now she gets to transfer that over to me and now I have to live with the fact that not only do I need to bear this hurt but I have to go ahead and keep taking it off of the fact of she has a title and just like I told you in the conversation that I had with you with my biological parent that was the male portion my father 
Mother is a pre-filled box on an empty birth certificate. You have to earn that. You have to earn the title of mother and father. You earn that. You then go up a few great levels depending on your intimacy level and you earn and you start to go ahead and reap the benefits of being mommy and daddy. But I don't have to, nor does anyone walk in this blue and green muddy earth, have to bear the cross of your scar. Why should we have to? That is unfair. That is unfair. If you were not wise enough, mature enough, or spiritually connected enough to say, what impression am I leaving on my child? You know what? I'm, and if, if I can't do nothing else but just keep it 100 with my child, I will. So if I got to go ahead and pull the seat up and look my child in the face and say, I'm going to go ahead and explain something to you, and you may not be able to understand it now, but I want to at least give you this opportunity so that you understand me at least when you get older. Your father hurt me. Your father hurt me more than I could possibly bear. I can't even look him in the face, and I procreated with a man that I wish I'd never met. At this point, my heart is so heavy that it's like I regret meeting him, and I'm looking you in your face, and I got to be honest, I still see him. And so in a way, I'm having a hard time experiencing and loving the blessing of you because I'm still seeing the burden of him. If you can't do nothing to nobody else, but just give them the peace of mind of truth, then give them that. I never got an explanation from my mother as to why she did what she did. I got a phone call one time when my brother messed up where she was crying to me and she said, I was really hard on you. And I'm sorry, because it should have been him that I was harder on. But what my heart was yearning for, what my soul needed was, I was hard on you because. Not, I was hard on you, but I should have been harder. I didn't, that didn't do it for me. It, it didn't soothe me. I had to then fast forward through getting closer to God, getting my own relationship with my own children for me to go ahead and understand, wow. And, comma, go to my own counselor for her to ask me, do you think that your mother was withholding treatment from you that she could give you but she just didn't? And And my answer was yes because I seen that she did it. She treated my siblings a different way. But if I'm honest with myself, I don't think that she was able to see me past the lens of her hurt. When she seen my other siblings, she saw different experiences. When she seen me, she seen scars. And it's almost like having a tattoo that tells a story that you cannot permanently remove. So when she looked at the tattoo of me, she saw the permanency of her first mistake, her first heartbreak, probably a a lot of firsts that I have no clue on. But I had to get to God, not only to try to get to a place that I could forgive her, but a place that he can go ahead and mend that broken part of me, that she died with the key inside of her, and she never gave it to me. So. My challenge to you is don't you dare allow someone to push you in the direction of a toxic relationship without knowing the full capacity of it and give you quote unquote counsel or wisdom on something that they didn't even experience themselves.
you go to God for the pieces of you that you need mending. No one else can't tell you how to mend that relationship that went astray. No one else can't tell you how you can have that many kids and be that many years with someone and they, they go on and and just not even give you the honor of marriage or what have you. No one else, you can go ahead and talk to someone else and they can kind of tell you a little bit of an experience close to what they had, but no one else can't mend that for you. Those broken pieces in your soul, yes, people have the key within their mouths, within their actions to go ahead and seal that for you. But in the case that they don't, I don't want you waiting on their beck and call for, for your healing. You go back to God and I want you to just simply say, God, I need healing in this area and I can't wait on a action or a verbiage to receive my healing. I need you to walk me through the shadow of the valley of death. And I need you to walk me to my healed place. I need the promised land of healing at this point, And that's why I need you to lead me to. You go to God. I want you to start seeing people when it comes to the sensitive parts of your soul. As a listening ear. But not be, being able to provide wise words for you to follow for your life they can't do that let people be your ear let God be your medicine please don't do it opposite don't let people be your medicine and you just go to God to just you know say what you feel and how come and I'm sad and he just becomes your ear I don't want that to happen I don't listen I am giving you the full the cliff notes to what I had to incur for almost a decade. Like when she died, there was so much that I was like, mm. there was so many stages I had to go through. I tried to bury every feeling with her, but I couldn't because I'm still human and I have children. And the more that I looked at my children and realized that even though I didn't have best relationships with their fathers, I was in my head like, I still don't know how she did it. I still don't know. So I started getting more angry. Like as a mother, I don't understand. As a human, I don't understand. As a Christian, I don't understand. And so the anger was there. And so no one else could lead me through that. God had to say, shh, you've been through enough. You've been around this mountain of hurt long enough. It's time to go. No, mm -mm, come here. Because you've been talking about this. Then you tried not talking about this. Then you went to a counselor and then you started crying and then you got mad at yourself for crying because you like it's been this long. So why am I still even feeling anything? And so you stop going to the counselor because you don't want to unravel nothing because you don't like the way that that feels. And so no, no one else can't do it, baby. No one else can't do it. I'm telling you, no one else can do it. But God, please go to him to unlock that key for you, to unlock, to mend that for you, because the key is buried. And either you're going to have to shovel through all the pain and the nails and the fecal matter and, and everything that's going to scar you to get to a key that you possibly are going to find. It, it doesn't really, it doesn't satisfy you. You need something more. My challenge to you again is to go to God to be mend. Go to God to be healed. Let people be the ear. Let God be your medicine. You know what these conversations are. 
They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that, you know what, no one else is going to have with you. And I'm doing this because if I could turn my pain into a purpose that helps people navigate through their crooked paths, sensitive places, where they feel a little embarrassed, I'm embarrassed that I'm not close to such and such. I'm embarrassed that I had multiple fathers. I'm embarrassed that my kids don't. I'm embarrassed. If I can take my embarrassment and make it your healing, by all means. And and I honest to goodness, I mean that by all means. I pray that when I'm speaking, that God is actually giving you the blueprint to your your healing. Because that's what the promised land is. I want the promised land to be your ultimate healing. It's not a location. It's an emotional soul destination. I want you to get there. I pray that you feel that release. I pray that you do. And I pray that you forward this message over to anyone else that you feel needs it. I need you to be like, you know what? <laughs> I just had this conversation. Let me tell you what we, what I just heard. I heard on Keisha Cole, and I want you to go ahead and make this a conversational piece. Maybe a conversational piece that will spark healing in somebody else's life. You never know what passing the word on does. You just never, you never know. And that's low-key evangelized. So go ahead and be an evangelist. Do what needs to be done. But more than, more than anything, I want us all to be healed. But I feel like you got what you needed. And as my good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Be healed. Just like the prophet said in the Bible. He said, and I'm paraphrasing here, he said, you know, I want your, your body to prosper just as your soul prospers. Your soul needs to be prosperous. Who cares what you obtain on earth? I want you to walk this earth healed. I'll talk to you later. Later.